The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru. And you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Let some things be retrograde. Yes, that's so Well, I'm so excited to be back here once again. Although I must say, October Spooktober, is spooky. Some people say. Who's feeling the highly vibrational, intense energy of opening the month on a full moon and also closing the month on a full moon? I feel like we're in like some sort of like time tunnel portal of like squeezing all of the energy in the most intense way. Like I, I connected Elizabeth last night and I'm like, my head is literally like vibrating. Like I don't know what's happening, but some shit is going down. Anyone who's in the ether listening, hand raised, hand held, let's hold each other and shake and cry until we're through this cycle. Cause the shit is fucking well, wild. To like judge up the energy because I too have been feeling it. And I could only watch so much Bravo. I started a fun new game for October. I started it on October 3rd because it was Mean Girls Day. And you know the game Actors and Actresses? It's like the one game that I excel at so hard. Mm -mm. So it was a camp game that we would play on road trips. And like, I think you know it. You like say a movie and then I say an actor who's in the movie and then you say another movie. It's really fun. So I've taken this and I've leveled it up into you watch a movie. So I started with Mean Girls and then pick an actor or actress who's in that movie. So I went with Rachel McAdams and then I had to choose a Rachel McAdams movie. I chose Red Eye, Sleeper Hit, Wes Craven. (laughs) <laughs> Spooktobery a little bit. Sure, the little the, the guy who's in it, he's like so tiny. So he's so, so that's who I'm on now. Yes! So now I need a Cillian Murphy movie, which I think we're gonna go with Dark Knight. And then so you like, so it's a fun way of like watching new things. By the way, speaking of like actresses from the 90s who are back, shout out to Rachel Lee Cook <laughs> and your rom com with Damon Wayne's Jr. Love Connection on Netflix. Yeah, it's really cute. I mean, it's like it's fine, but it's enjoyable, you know? Fine, but enjoyable. I'll take that. I will take that in stride. Enjoyable, light, fair that I was like, I would watch this again because everything else is so hard. <laughs> I just like wanted that in my life. So it's funny that we're talking about movies. Perfect segue into today's guest. We are sitting down virtually with the one and only Aaron Brockovich. You know, I have to say that this was one of the moments where I felt very sad that we couldn't be in studio because Aaron's energy is just like so bright and so in your face. And like, I just wanted to be getting into it with her and like really like getting into it and bonding. And so I was bummed to have to do that from the confines of outer space, which is where I am now. That being said, 
she's fucking amazing. And I'm so excited that we got to talk to her in general. Absolutely. Let's just cut right to it. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Erin. Hi. First question. I mean, yes, your name is so well known. What did it feel like to go from an anonymous human walking this earth to all of a sudden your name being the title of this major movie? And And people thinking that you're Julia Roberts. Right. Wow. You know, I get asked this question a lot. It's been a long time since the film came out. And I still don't know because (laughs) I do. I wake up every day and I'm like, what? What the hell? Overwhelming, surprising, out of nowhere. I didn't aspire for this to happen. Uh, My work is kind of my calling, if you will. Overwhelming sticks with me. And I've had the strangest things happen to me. I'll never forget like when the film first came out. I think it was around Hollywood somewhere. I was with my husband at the time and we were out to dinner. And two people came up to me and they're like, I loved your film. I use your thigh master all the time. And I'm like, wrong girl, that would be Summers <laughs> with the thigh master. I've had situations, you know, when you go to the restroom and you fix up your hair or something and a lady was washing her hands and she looked at me and she goes, anyone ever tell you, you look like Eric Brockovich. I'm like, what the fuck? I am uh, Eric Brockovich. She's just like, yeah, right. I'm like, what? Oh my God. So, It's been overwhelming and it continues to be, I don't know, you know, people are like, are you part of Hollywood or a celebrity or are you in politics? What are you? Who you are? And I ask myself that every day. I'm just me. I'm not afraid to tell anybody I can be all kinds of fucked up. I'm a human being. I'm imperfect. I have empathy. I love people. I love this environment. I grew up with it. It pains me to see when people don't believe that they can or in themselves because I've experienced that so much of my life. And I I just try to stay as focused as I can in in a world where we're constantly barraged with, honestly, let's be honest here, walk this way, talk this way, change your hair color, look at this, you're dressed too slutty, you're not dressed right, you're going out like that, blah, 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 negativity. It, It can be really hard to find yourself. And for me, that's, that's the most important thing I work on every day. And that helps me help others because I think that's where everything begins. A strong sense of who you are. I wake up every day and I'm like, how's this, how's that happen? And Julia Roberts of all people, could we please, you know, when this whole thing started, Ed would always ask me, who do you think should play you, Aaron? And I'm like, really, I didn't invest anything into this. I stayed true to my work. Because Carla Schomburg from Jersey Film told me, oftentimes, Aaron, we buy rights to films, but we never make them. So I had that kind of in the back of my mind, not to, to go that direction. And I'd say, Ed, I don't know, somebody fun. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn's fun. I can be fun and zany and kooky. People don't know that about me. And it's like, no. I was seeing somebody along the lines like Roseanne Barr and a foul mouth. And I'm like, oh, God. And so, you know, he's joking. But he went on to say, I don't care who it is as long as it's not Julia Roberts. No. No, right? He did. And I'm like, what? First of all, never going to happen. Why would you say that? He goes, oh, boobs aren't big enough. Mouth's not foul enough. Never going to happen. I'm like, thanks, Ed. 
So <laughs> when I got the phone call that it was Julia Roberts, I could not hang up fast enough to call Ed. <laughs> and he answered and I go, they've picked the parts. He goes, no. <laughs> he goes, who is it? And I just went, neener, neener, neener. He goes, <laughs> It's Julia Roberts. She was fabulous. Fabulous. Okay, guys, quick break. It's time for a little story. About a year ago. In a distant land where we could travel to anywhere, um, (laughs) Elizabeth and I went to a beautiful wedding in Santa Barbara. You guys might remember this. At that wedding. I got seriously dicked down. (laughs) And in that dick haze, you lost your keys. Yeah. Wait, this is part of the story. So I was so in a haze and we were packing and we were hungover. We'd been partying. We'd been up all night. We'd ate Jack in the Box. You know, a lot had happened in 12 hours. We were packing the car and I didn't know this at the time, but I had put the keys on top of the car with the, I'm sure, intention to put them in the car at some point. Alcohol, dick, and jack-in-the-box haze. I neglected to remember that the keys were on the car. And it was somewhere between Santa Barbara and L.A. that we heard a really loud noise. Which turns out was the keys that were on the roof flying off. Flying into off the, the car. <laughs> now, how could this have been Never avoided? Never to be seen again. This could have been avoided with this great technology that I soon discovered called Tile. Tile is my obsession. And it's contagious because once you got into it, I got into it. Because the second I see someone lose their keys, I'm like, get a tile. Like, put a tile on everything. Put a tile on your keys. Put a tile in your wallet. Put them on your remote. It's a Bluetooth device that helps you keep track of your stuff. And it comes in this sleek and compact sizes that can attach to your keys or fit in your wallet like a credit card. And you can also use it on personal bags. There's even like a tile sticker that you can use. Like I have that on my Apple TV remote because I just cannot keep track of it for the life of me. And it can also help you find your phone. So in reverse, so it all connects to your phone and that's how you find your keys or whatever the tile is connected to. But also because of that, you can locate your phone. So, and what's really cute and fun, because we love we love a design moment, that Tile came out with these limited edition tiles that are all super cute. So I got the golden hour one. And Steph, I believe you have the orange sunrise. But there, it's if so you head cute. over to the Tile app website, you can see all of these really fun unique designs. Guys, you can have a tile with hot dogs on it. You can have a tile with ice cream cones on it. You can have a tile with lemons, with boxes, with Canadian maple leaves, with cool patterns. I mean, listen, if you want to keep track of your stuff and look really cute while doing it, head over to thetileapp.com. For the limited edition tiles, you go to tile.com slash retrograde to shop the limited edition collection. That's T-I-L-E dot com slash retrograde. These are fun, one-of-a-kind exclusive designs that will go fast. So get yours, tile.com slash retrograde. Join the fun. Never lose your keys or your phone or your stuff. I love what you were saying about your personal integrity because I think that it's, or just like the sense of self, because I think that oftentimes when People who do like more activism and like outer in the world things, I think that 
there's maybe like a common misconception that they're not doing both things. Like it's like an easy thing for you just to wake up and like be of service all the time. And I just, I think that's a misconception and I'm really glad that you're honest about that. You have to have a strong set of skin. You know, my mom would always teach me that my mom and dad were so influential to me about stick-to-itiveness and, you know, I had a learning disability, dyslexia, so I was often judged and labeled and none of us like that. And my mom would always tell me, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. She goes, you're going to have to let these comments be like a duck letting water roll off its back. And you do, and it's hard not to internalize a lot of stuff. But I have learned that my faults and my vulnerabilities are my gift. We oftentimes think that those are our weaknesses, and then we go change ourselves for someone else. It's okay to be you, flawed and all. And I'm 60 now, and I'm still, I have to learn that lesson every day and just step back and, I don't know, I'm okay. So you have a new book coming out, plus a podcast titled Superman is Not Coming. I think that this title (laughs) has never reigned more true than where we are now. I think we can all relate to that idea, but I think now we all feel that idea in a deep way. I would even offer that it's not even Superman coming. It's an adult is coming. <laughs> <laughs> no one's coming but yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked where that came from. And it kind of is evolved for a whole lot of reasons. But again, I think for me, I had that sense back as a young kid with dyslexia that no teacher or anything was going to fix it. I was, I was going to have to, I was going to have to deal with this, right? And then as I got older in life, I, I quickly learned that Prince Charming was not coming either. These ideas. I've <laughs> been through a few divorces, so I will tell you, I definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm out on that one. My kids will come to me for like marital advice. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you figure that out, out. girl. <laughs> not going there. But, uh, um, And when I got into the communities in my work, I I still see it, but I still look back on certain faces. The look on people's faces when they're like, oh, we'll see everything's okay because the Department of Health Services has come out. Um, Well, the EPA is here. Um, Well, no, there's no way our municipality would not inform us of this. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, let me tell you, Superman is... They're not coming. The look on people's face. I said, but here's the thing. You're here. You're the ones drinking it and living in it and have children sick and have come together. And we're going to have to be the ones to bring this to the forefront and have the courage and the fortitude and the strength to push through, to change this. So more people know, and oftentimes it can be a lawsuit, sometimes it's not, it's changing a policy. And in my book, Superman's Not Coming, I'm tempted to say, but Superwoman, the mothers of America are here. Mm. Because everywhere I go, let me tell you, you get them together in a group, get out of their way, let them come through because they will not stop until their voices are heard and they've had a change made, not only for themselves, but 
for the next future not to have to go through the same thing. And in my book, we share this with you and weave in and out of communities. But I have to tell you, there's a real mom on the rise and they are getting things done. All right, guys, we are talking about one of our favorite topics. Shout out to Beam CBD. CBD, the boyfriend I've been dating for years. (laughs) Seth's longest term relationship. (laughs) So Beam is made from the highest quality TH-free CBD products for a wellness-minded community made with transparency, honesty, and compassion. And this morning, I took the Beam Focus, which is a CBD plus nootropic capsules. What are the nootropics? Ooh, what's in it? We've Bella. got some ginseng, yeah. some ginkgo biloba, some CoQ10, some rhodiola, some lion's mane. I mean, Ooh, we love all great those combo. Friends. I took it yesterday too, and I'm I'm really getting into it. They also have sleep formulas. They have a dream blend, which is a sleep promoting powder that you t- is like a healthy hot chocolate. There's cacao, cinnamon, melatonin, magnesium, reishi, L-theonine. Wow, I sound like a doctor. And Beam Nano CBD was founded by two ex-professional athletes on the idea that everyone should have a chance to experience what feeling better feels like. Couldn't agree more, Beam. And I am also, I know this isn't as important, but really feeling their packaging. Into the packaging, I'm into, they've got just, I like the combos. I like that, C, like, okay, we started with CBD. Now we're adding it into other things based off your desired effect. I got my mom into the sleep one. She's a fan. She was like, tell me about that oh. CBD I heard about on your show. So street team <laughs> over so here. Guys, try yes. Beam and find your path to better. Visit beamtlc.com and use the promo code retrograde for 15% off your order. That's B E A M T L C.com, promo code retrograde, 15% off. So, for people who are just catching up, we're, obviously your work is dedicated to clean water. People have seen the movie, but I don't know that they know the work that you've done since then. It's, and you say in the book that's just the beginning of what, of what you've been doing. And it's interesting because we talk about wellness all the time. We never really, you know, we don't have clean water. We, what the fuck are we even talking about? It's not possible. Well, yeah. And this, this is something that people either don't know. Uh, here, here's the thing. Yeah, I don't think they know. Right. And there, I think there's a reason why. And, and these are from my observations. I'm a foot soldier. So I learn by being out and listening and observing and using my own common sense and that, intuition that we all have, but oftentimes someone else questions it, question ourselves. It's like, you know, my husband, he goes, you're flipping crazy. And then I, I'm like, I have to sit there and go, what? No, I'm not. But you know, somebody will put that doubt on you. And then you think, but yet you're, you're seeing what you're seeing or experiencing what you're experiencing. No, you're not crazy. I think that's what happens. And I saw it happen in Hinkley and it happened to me in Hinkley well, you're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. You're not a scientist. These people don't know what they're talking about. Frankly, neither do you. So therefore, what? What I see, the two-headed frog and the green water is fucking okay? Because yeah, no, 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 it's not. 
And it's just that moment that you own what you know and you've experienced and you don't let that voice get inside your head because it wants to sink you. I'm generally happier when someone pushes on me that way because I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing? Don't put that over here on me. What are you hiding? And, but it's hard when you're not a doctor or scientist or a lawyer or this or that. And I think this is why many people and women can back away. Tap out. Yeah. And that's that moment where you've got to own it because you know it and step out. It is contagious when you do that, by the way. It really is. It's empowering. You get more confident. You get to know your neighbor. You join forces with others. And it just becomes this this moment and movement where you can actually affect and make change. You say something in the book about a personal permission slip. And I just think that's so good. I love that so much. You're giving yourself the permission to move forward. No one needs to do that for you. Absolutely. And when you do, you look for that support and you will find it amongst others because I do this all the time and I've had so many moments where I'm just like, oh my God, I I can't even believe I'm witnessing this again. Uh, Just recently, uh, back in January before COVID, we were at a community meeting and uh, Cashmere Gardens, very affected. It really bothers me what's happening in this community. Their socioeconomic factor is not good. It is an African-American community. They are suffering. It's been Union Pacific Railroad, contamination. People are afraid. They're not being heard. Um, And I asked them in a room, I need you to be vulnerable with me. Why we have all these state officials here? Because this might be our only chance. And we don't like to discuss this. How many of you in this room, and there was probably 1,200 people there, either have cancer a family member with cancer, or know your neighbor with cancer. And they look around because nobody ever wants to be the first one to stand up. And one stood up, and then 10, and then 50, and then 80, and then 200, and then 500. And I heard the gasp. It was the whole room. So it was that moment of support through vulnerability that you realize, oh my God, I'm not alone. It just exploded from there and they had each other and they exchanged information and they hugged and the support and the empowerment that you could feel suddenly moving. And so oftentimes we don't want to be that first person because I don't know, we don't want to look stupid or someone go, oh my God, you were wrong or sit down, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And we just kind of back off. And those moments really stick out for me. The moment is here that I, I, I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it was, it's been building. I could tell you that. But we got this room shut down that we've been able to look inside. And we've had a moment to almost peek behind the curtain of whoever we think is in charge. What's going on out there? And we are waking up. So for as daunting as this moment is, I think there's very significant signs that we wake up and that is a good thing. That's amazing to hear, especially someone from someone on the, on the ground floor, because it's in reading the pages of the book, it feels very daunting. And, you know, I want to, I'm like fucking. I'm glad you said that and sad you said that. Cause I, I tell anybody, you know, I've done so many interviews. I'm like, you actually read the book. Cause I did the book to audio. <laughs> I thought, I didn't think I was going to get through it because there's a section <laughs> where you're like, 
I'm like, if I have to say perfluorooctanoic acid one more time, and it is overwhelming, but you know what? So is life. And for me, water's the metaphor, if you will. We are water. Water is life. And that is a great platform for us to talk about. But if you peel the layers back just a little, what you see behind that and the ability to fight for it will be that strong sense of self. That's what we've lost. And that's what's coming back. When I was reading, I was, I was shocked to learn of like the inception of the EPA. And it got me thinking about, I know this is a really big part of the conversation, but I just think it's, it's, it goes to like looking for the adult in the room, realizing the politicians don't, aren't dealing with what we need them to be dealing with. You know, money talks. You're looking for the adult in the room? Uh, I don't know that I'm the adult in the room. Cool babysitter, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely, yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) But I, I think it's fascinating how what you write about how Nixon was actually the person who created the EPA. And what you say is so true and fascinating is that this has become a politicized issue when it really isn't. Should never be. That's part of the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to get me to say, I got to be on one side of the aisle or the other to care about water or to care about, you know, I don't want a Republican family to suffer and I don't want a Democrat. The politics of this are a huge part of the problem. We, we all are going to need water and we all have to get involved. And yes, you know, it's always like, it shocks people. Really? The Republicans created some of the best environmental laws we have? Actually, yeah, yeah. they did. They may be a different party today, but I think every one of us, no matter, I don't care if you're rich, poor, color of your skin, what your party affiliation is, water is life for every single one of us, and we should give a damn. And this has been going on for decades. I think the one thing that's changing now is the people. We, we were either comfortable, quiet, complacent, not certain, bought the Kool-Aid, maybe with some illusion. But somehow we're shaking out of it. I think that we were raised to trust the government. Like, like we, there's like a delusion. I mean, like, I know like my mom and people that are a little bit older, like they have this American dream idea. We've talked about this a lot on the show. And it's like, there was this like bubble that was supposed to be just like a trustworthy thing. And now I think a lot of people of that generation are having a very difficult time coming online to the fact that everything that they thought was true was a manipulation and a lie as far as like government and like looking out for people is concerned. And that's a really hard thing to synthesize. Yes, it is. It is extraordinarily hard to think. And this is where Superman's not coming came from. And what you just said, I so felt because that is exactly what I see in my communities. It's, it's almost too much to process. Yeah. And I do think this moment has been coming. It's just been building and COVID and being locked up and what happened with George, it pushed everyone over the edge. Especially when it comes to matters of the environment, it feels so layered and so angst activating. How do you feel? Do you feel optimistic? Do you feel out there working as a consumer advocate, as an environmental activist, you're having these conversations with people and communities being affected. How do you feel? Do you feel like there's a change happening? Oh, she's smiling and nodding. I like that a lot. Okay. <laughs> I never get, mind if it gets a little rowdy. I, I actually feel more hopeful than I have in a really long time. 
you know, it's that moment. It, it's about time, you know, get good and pissed off. How you get a good outcome is how you deal with all of that. And in the book, I do share that with you, starting with the ladies of Hannibal, Missouri. They had lead in their water higher than some places we found in Flint. And that's really high. And they came to us and we went in and worked with them. One of the first things you have to do is, honestly, the buck's going to stop here. And they decided, I'm mom, I'm not having this. What do we do? So open yourself up to saying, what do I do? I don't know what to do. It's okay not what to do. It's okay not to know what to do. You made a call. We're here. We educated them on why they had lead in their water because they were adding ammonia to the system and they were creating a corrosive system. We have 18 million miles of lead pipe, by the way. That's part of this infrastructure we have to change. But it creates a very caustic water. So it causes the uh, lead pipes to get pitted and all the lead precipitates out and is delivered to your tap. And you don't even know it. You don't even know it. So they go, okay, we're not going to have this. They, they were hungry for information. They went door to door and they educated everybody on ammonia. And we went back for another meeting and they're, they're just, what else can we do? And we're like, you should run for office. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a mom. I'm a school teacher. No, no, I know nothing about office. And one of the ladies is like, yeah, I'm going to run. Well, she did. And she won. Hell yeah. And she put a referendum out and a ballot to the entire town through city council. Do you want ammonia used in our drinking water system? Yes or no? Unanimously, it was no. Oh, my gosh. So now this is going to become law. The state gets into it with them in some litigation. But I'll tell you what. She never let up. And as of March 2020, the town of Hannibal no more has ammonia and has lead-free water. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm talking about. So she, she owned it. And she went out there and did it. And I think we have this idea to be a politician. You have to be something certain. To be a politician, I really hope that you're human. And we're seeing this happening. We're seeing more moms, more women, like 126 new women in Congress. I mean, this is where we're on the move. And this is where I'm hopeful. And I'll go back to Hinckley. People saying, you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer, you're not a scientist. What do you know? I don't think I have to be anything other than to be a human and to tell you, I think the two-headed frog in rainwater is weird. These mothers are going, we know lead's not good for you. And then you see this movement happen and Flint, the mothers that came to us and what they've been through and Dr. Mona and speaking up. They didn't really care what you're going to say because I see it, I know it, and this is going on. And I mean, most people don't even understand the lead and copper rule. Let's talk about that for one second because there's a lot of room here for policy changes and reform. There really is. We're still operating on antiquated laws from 100 years ago. The lead and copper rule states that you only have to test for lead in a municipal system once every four years. And you can average the samples. So guess what? You never find out what the numbers are. That is being amended. And that's not going to happen anymore. If you don't test and you miss it, and it doesn't get reported, you don't know it's there, right? So it's a big dupe. And so there's been a system failure. And I think, I think it broke. And, and now we're realizing 
it's always been us, the people, and up to us. But we did trust that. And this is why everyone's so upset. That trust has been broken. And that's a very big deal. I vote, like, you know, I read the amendments and stuff or the propositions. And I'm like, why is it written in like, like, I'm a college graduate. Like, I should be able to understand this. And yet it's like written in like old time. Yeah, you read it and you're like, is this good or bad? I can't tell. And it's, you don't it's, know. it's so contrived that way. It is really confusing. And the propositions you think you're supposed to vote yes. And they're like, no, that was a no. And I'm like, which is it? Yeah. You have to, we may, oh my gosh, I'll go back to the film and you make things complicated and they're not. But it's a way, it's a shell game of how you move information and where you could or could not find it. And it's super frustrating. And there's a moment where we need to readdress policies and rules, regulations, because they were written so long ago. We aren't that same society. Yeah. And this is where I say science and all of that's kind of finally catching up. And I think we're in that moment. And that's why I'm actually yeah. excited about it. Because now love I think that. something will get done. Love that. And I love the question of just like, like all the questions should be like, do you want lighting or drinking water? Like everything like in, in, in policy should just be like to the point, straightforward, understandable. Like, hey, do you want someone who has your best interest in mind or doesn't? Like the questions aren't complicated. Yeah. I think that's, that's the divisiveness is that most people if really we took politics out of it, we would really all want the same thing. Like you said, like there's not one human on earth who doesn't want their, them and their family and their friends and their community and everyone to have at least access to clean water. This isn't really like a complex issue, but it's oh, so, yeah, you're absolutely. So, so cool. How you're just it's, like, and you know, it's like, God, talk to me straight. So I work with Bob Bocock, who's my water guy. He's amazing. He's brilliant when it comes to water. You get into the science stuff and you're like this. I'm like, oh my gosh. I go, I go, Bob, I go, please. My head hurts. I'm like, what, <laughs> what the fuck is organic matter? Everyone hears the word organic matter. And they're like, oh, that's science, organic matter. What is that? I go, I just, <laughs> Get off your box. What is organic matter? And he goes, dirt and fish shit. I'm like, yeah. That I got. Like, that I, that's all you had to say. <laughs> and I do that with people and they're like, organic matter. And I'm like, oh, that one's easy. Dirt and fish shit. They're like, oh, that I get. So it's like, I have said before, this is either by design or someone's inept. Maybe it's a little bit of both. And that is concerning. And you know what? That's not okay. And that shouldn't be okay for any of us. And I see this even with the FDA and medical devices and all the women have come to me for that. And they've been amazing and they've made huge changes. How do you overlook 450,000 adverse events? Oh, you know, you found a way for a manufacturer to check in on a box and push it over here or not check a box, but write the word demise in the body of the letter instead of checking the death box and it gets moved over here and then you never find it. So I think there's some things that are by design. You mentioned getting, waking up to a bunch of emails. How do people find you? At what point do you step in? Are you seeking out situations? Are you just like reading the newspaper or is it the other way around? I can't keep up. Emails, people email me. People reach out and- to you. Yep, via email, or they'll search, you know, Brockovich, they'll see my website, and, and they come to me. 
I don't know if you're familiar with the Esure procedure. It was a medical device, a form of permanent birth control. Gone really bad, really bad. And a couple of the women came to me and they were interested in, you know, what legal rights they had. Well, this product had preemption. And if something's preempted, so they come to the FDA, if they get that pre-market approval, if you can't really prove fraud, even if that device, because they gave you pre-market approval based on studies, kills people, there's no legal recourse. So they're like, oh, hell to no, hell to no. So they became 50, 150, 200, 300, 500,000 strong. They funded themselves. They rotated in and out of D.C. They never missed a beat. They, they were there year-round, door-to-door, the pressure, FDA. They kept it up to the point where BEAR finally removed the product from the world market. That's what I'm talking about. Had they not stayed with it, we ended up finding fraud. We ended up finding all these moments of, was this enough? Was this by design? But it got called out and put out, and that change was made. And they did it because they didn't want it to happen to other women. And so I think there, again, there's that moment where power is knowledge. They weren't afraid to ask. The light bulb came on. They're like, holy shit, I get it. You can't help yourself but respond. They have the power of stick to I talk about this all the time. It's my mom's favorite word. I never thought it was a word until she read me the Webster's Dictionary. Definition noun, propensity to follow through in a determined manner. Dogged persistence born of obligation and stubbornness. And she told me, you're not born with stick You have to develop the habit of persevering even when you don't want to, and it would be easier to give up. And she said, I promise you, Erin, life is going to require that you have it. And these wow. ladies did, the people in my book do, we all have it. And if I can get in any way to your heart and let you know, I, I'm going to break out in my Beatles song. I am you, you are here, we are all together. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I am you and you are me and we, we are, are all together. together. Yeah, <laughs> come together Ooh. right now. Wow. Well, you have really left us with a lot to think about, a lot to activate on. I have a funny feeling, though, that Patsy and Edwina will. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Grab your old hijinks out here. Don't you? Yeah. Aaron, it is such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for all the work you do. You really set an example for how we can all show up for our communities and our environment and ourselves. So thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you for having me. And honestly, it can be a daunting subject, but making it fun. I'll leave you with this and why I'm so proud to be here with both of you. I had the privilege of passing the Olympic torch. And when that moment happened, I was so scared. Uh, TV crews were there. And of course, I had to wear makeup. I don't know who does that when they're passing a torch, but I did. And it was raining. So I had the mascara and everything. But I didn't really know where I was supposed to go or what I was supposed to do. And I'm like, where is this person that's supposed to tell me? I showed up. I have my number. And all of a sudden, I hear Aaron. And I turn around, and this person's kind of coming up. And they're with the Special Olympics. uh, Not Special Olympics. uh, I have a special needs granddaughter and she just did the special Olympics. I'm proud of her. Awesome. 
She was amazing. I was like, God, Grace, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, my daughter was like, well, Mom, calm down. <laughs> but from the Olympic team, he says, okay, start running. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm starting to run and the crowd's getting excited. And I'm like, where am I supposed to go? And he goes, just keep running. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, what if I trip? I mean, tell me. And he goes, okay, you can walk a, run a little faster, you know, keep the pace going. And I am, and I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? I was really flipping out. And he says, okay, turn around because the torch is coming. And I'm turning around. He goes, okay, put your arm out. And I start putting my arm. And he goes, okay, they're going to pass you the torch. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? That thing got on my hand. And I went, yeah, <laughs> I know where I'm going. It was unbelievable. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to pass to you today. You may not know where to go. But I promise you, when you find yourself and grab that torch, it's just, you will take off. And we need you to do that. Listen, I'm getting old. I'm not going to be here forever. So I'm passing that torch to you. Guys, you can read Aaron's book, Superman is Not Coming, and also listen to the podcast of the same title, I believe. You're so welcome. You know, listen, us baby boomers, we know how to organize. I've always said we all need to get together because there's a lot that we know you know that you'll pick up. And there's some wisdoms from us old 60s peoples. A rose while I was in Michigan is I, it was my mom's birthday and mm-hmm. I've always had like a dream to be able to like really do a really fun surprise for my parents. And, and that's always been like my bucket list of like, I will feel successful when I can do something really special. So I found this Frank Lloyd Wright house that's in Galesburg, Michigan, which mm-hmm. is I, like kind of by Kalamazoo. Not that you know Kalamazoo. Is college? Yeah. Uh, Western Michigan is – no, Eastern Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. Western Michigan. I don't know. Okay. I went to Michigan State. Who knows? But so I found this fully restored Frank Lloyd Wright house that I rented on Airbnb for a night. It was like a full Frank Lloyd Wright fever dream, amazing, in the woods. It was so special. It was so cool. And it was just, you know, my parents especially being older and being in like a compromised age group with all of this, they literally had not left the house with the exception of the grocery store since March and like walks around the neighborhood, much like all of us. And so just to be able to have this like really fun adventure was so special. And we stopped on the way back in Grand Rapids. There's a place called the Meyer Sculpture Gardens that is Mm -hmm. this. So Meyer is like a Kmart kind of thing in the Midwest. I don't know if you guys had Meyers in. But the family that started it, they have this insane sculpture collection that is in these field gardens, like insane outdoor, like it's an outdoor museum. Mm. And to get to walk around fall, it was very, it was so special. And, you know, like in the midst of the artist's way, doing the artist date thing. And it was like a really amazing, amazing time. So if anybody is in that part of the country, 
That's a retrograde approved experiences right there. We'd love to hear it, Elizabeth. Love to share it. Love to say it. How about you, Steph? What's happening? Staring at a swarm of ants on my kitchen counter at the moment. And, you know trying to keep it chill with my wood with my woodland lifestyle I'm really into being this you know tree fairy that I've turned into however I had a strict and firm no bug killing policy prior to moving here I never killed a spider I would trap anything and put it outside I was very non-violent yogi vibe when it came to the creatures aside from um, the fish and beef that I occasionally consume. But when it comes to creatures in my home, I wasn't trying to murder. Now all I do is just murder ink. <laughs> I am murdering ants all day long. It's like, I got this cedar spray, which is kind of good. It's this Wonderside indoor pest control. So it like helps to some degree, like keep them out for a minute. But then the second that it gets even remotely warm outside, where I have like any moisture anywhere, I can't have control. Have you tried those little like disc-like things that have? Yeah, but I have a Carlos, so right. I like, don't want to have any mm. toxic discs in corners of my home because like he's already old. I don't want him like I don't know. Even that makes a lot like, of sense. I feel like something can send him over the edge, and I'm just not ready to say goodbye yeah. to Carlos. Yeah, as an aspiring dog owner, I can I can see that. Yeah, but I mean, the cedar spray smells really good and like it it's fast acting in that you spray it on the ants and they die and they kind of go away for a second. But I wouldn't say to the point of the bottle that it's long lasting. Yeah, guys, anyone have any natural ant eradication tips? Hit us up. What I did in my bedroom, because I used to be in my bedroom, is I took silicone and I sealed every single hole in every part of the ceiling or floor. Mm-hmm. I might need to take some silicone and hit the kitchen. That Anyways, this sounds is really crafty. Boring domestic stuff, but this is where I'm at at almost 35. Also, Thorne, it's my birthday on election day. Anyone else turning 35 on November 3rd or anything on November 3rd, let's have a cry circle together. <laughs> <laughs> when you were turning 35, were, were you, I think you do. I think you did. I think you were like having a little bit of a moment about it, right? Yeah. I'm definitely having like a little bit of a moment about it that I didn't expect to be having where I'm like, whoa, like I'm in my mid thirties. Like I need to have a kid. Well, it was, my moment was more like I started the year being like, okay, I'm going to be the healthiest I've ever been when I turned 35. And I just had this vision of like being 35 and like running or like jogging and being so like, so fucking self-centered is how I felt. Cause by the time I turned I turned 35 in April 21st. So it was like a mm-hmm. month into lockdown. And it was like, I felt like my scope of vision was so narrow and mm-hmm. realizing just like we're experiencing like catastrophic events that affected the entire world. And I think I had this like big awakening of just to think bigger and not think so self-focused. Right. It was, it was a great lesson, but it definitely hit hard of like, mm-hmm. how, who the fuck cares if I'm feeling healthy or not? God damn it. Like the world isn't healthy right now. Yeah. But like to that, I almost like want to push back on that and be like, except for the fact that like your health is the most paramount thing in this moment. And then 
I don't just mean you and you're special, but I mean, all of us, you are special. You're special to me, oh, thank you. but I mean, like all of us, like keeping track of your health and, and, and being on top of that at this moment, I think is the most important. Of thing course. It's like the one thing I think that we can do, but I just think like in terms of like where my focus was and it right. wasn't coming from this place of like, I need to nurture my immune system. You're like, I want to be hot. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was yeah. like, I just want to look hot. Let me yeah. get a, like, what lasers can I get on my face? Like, that was like the- Is it bad that I'm still, I'm back there? Oh, I'm, I live there. But okay. it's just, you know, it's, it's that and. Right, you know? sure. I really quickly wanted to shout out. So October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we did a really, I thought, informative talk over on our IG Live this week with my friend Brittany Jackson, along with Welly Bottle, which is this very cool- functional and cute water bottle that they are giving. They partnered with Brittany, who's been one of my closest friends since fourth grade, who is a breast Mm -hmm. cancer survivor. And she knows the owners of Welly Bottle. And she brought to them the idea of selling their rose water bottles with 5% of the proceeds going to Metaviver, which is a grassroots research foundation. And in the IG Live, Brittany taught me how to check my lymph and my breasts for any sort of lumps and like what to feel for and what to look for. And we really got into it. And it is something that I don't think is talked about enough. And it was a great honor to be able to have her share her story and also learn how to properly check our tits. So check check that out. We'll also link that in our newsletter. Both my grandmother, my dad's mother and sister were breast cancer survivors. Wow. Yeah. And it goes so well with the conversation, you know, that we had today with Aaron. And we just want everyone to be healthy and feel great and for stuff to get rid of her aunts. Oh, my God. Honestly, RIP that expensive honey I bought. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. the ant trap. Yeah, Um, it was. A living art piece of ants and honey. They were in heaven. Anyways, that's been our show. Thank you so much to Aaron Brockovich and to our partners, Beam and Tile, and to you, our listeners, and to you, Elizabeth, and um, to me. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with um, a more more shows, yeah? Yes, sounds great. See you there. Sounds great. (laughs) I'll be there. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.